Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 9th, 2023. So what I'm doing is a series on the miracles of Jesus. For those of you that are new here, I teach today's word. I've been doing this for over 25 years, and uh, I started in email form in December of 1997, and I think it was 2011 I started the video uh, format. And so we do this video every day. We get into the word of God. We see what God has to say to us from his word, and then we apply it to our lives. So I am graced to teach you the word of God in a way that you can see, hear, and understand. I break it down in a way that you can apply to your daily living. It's today's word. And then my prayer is that you would be graced to receive it, to then apply the word of God to your life so that you could be the man or the woman that God has called you to be. We've been studying the miracles of Jesus all year, actually, since January 2nd. This is part 77 of the overall series. And We got to the last miracle, the miracle of Lazarus, Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead after four days. And we pretty much walked through that whole miracle. So now what I'm going to do for the next couple of days is give you a recap uh, of the story of Lazarus. I'm calling them this life lessons from Lazarus. Put in the chat, life lessons from Lazarus. You know what I'm going to do this morning? I'm going to learn some life lessons from the story and the miracle of Lazarus. Get ready to receive. All right, so before we actually get into the miracle of Lazarus, there's a scripture that at our church we've been meditating on all year. We believe at Victory Christian Ministries International that 2023, this is a season right now, we are in this season of refreshing and restoring for us. We know that 2022 was a challenging year for many, and actually some people have have experienced challenges dating all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. But in this season, as we crossed over into 2023, we believe that God is going to refresh us again, restore us again, take us back to whatever we lost along the way, we're going to get it back and even take us to a high level of glory. Psalms 126 and verse four is the scripture we've been meditating on. Let me read this for your hearing. The Bible says, now, Lord, (laughs) do it again. Put in the chat, say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for me. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. So whatever you lost along the way in this season, you're going to get it back and God is going to take you to a whole nother level of glory. Then the, t- the text says, may streams, Lord, of your refreshing f- flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So whatever area of your life went dry in this season, God is going to refresh you and drench you again. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. I want to be refreshed and restored and renewed and ready to be the man or the woman that God has called us to be. That's our prayer. You got it? All right. So John chapter 11, we've pretty much walked through the whole thing now. And as we did, uh, normally I would be like, okay, that's that miracle. The miracle's over. Let's go to the next one where there are no miracles. I walked through all the miracles of Jesus. I didn't do the miracles from the old Testament, just the miracles of Jesus. Um, And so now I'm ready to kind of finalize this series, but there's a few things that we'll do. I'm going to do like some lessons from Lazarus, and then I'll probably do a closeout, some recap from the whole series and call it the messages in the miracles. Put that in the chat. There are some messages in the miracles. <laughs> As we're studying the miracles, there's some messages from the miracles that we can apply to our daily life. So let's go back to this story. So Jesus got word that Lazarus, the one he loved, was sick. 
And the first thing he said was, this sickness will not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified thereby. How did how was he able to say, say that? Well, because the Holy Spirit revealed to him what the end was going to be. God knows the end from the beginning. God, the Father, gives him perfect knowledge. And when we walk with God and we walk and we're led by the Holy Spirit, God can actually reveal to us, because God has already been to our future, he can actually reveal, reveal our future to us, right? Put that in the chat. Say, I walk by revelation. I walk by the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. Say, God gives me revelation. God shows me my future before my future shows up. And so I'm able to go into my prayer closet, get divine insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding from above. And then I, I am equipped to deal with today because I've already seen tomorrow. Come on now. And so I'm, I'm able, yeah, put that in the chat. I can, I can, I'm equipped for today because I've already seen tomorrow. And so Jesus was not moved by what was going on in the today because he had already seen tomorrow. He had already seen that the sickness would not end in death. It is for the glory of God that the son of God may be glorified thereby. But in the end, Jesus was glorified. Fame went out. Everybody heard about Jesus, the power of God. People came to Jesus. The Pharisees rose up against him. All of that stuff happened. But in the middle of all of this, sometimes we forget that there was a family, though. There was, there was a family that loved Jesus, and Jesus loved them. And there was a family that actually endured a tremendously terrible situation. Lazarus had to die. Mary and Martha had to mourn. I mean, think about that. In the middle of all of this, and sometimes I think people forget that for the glory of God to go out, this family had to suffer. Now, God had given them the grace to do it, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. They had real pain in this situation, but God gave them real love and real grace, so let's talk about it. What does this mean for you today? Let's talk about you now, because for those of you that are new to today's word, every day I ask this question, so what does this mean for you today? We, we turn the corner from information to application. We turn the corner from learning to living we look at the text, but then we apply it to our lives. So I'm going to give you five things today that apply to your life. And then I have a lot more, but I'm just going to give you five for today. We'll walk through and we'll be methodical. And I don't want to rush with this thing. I want us to learn some stuff. You got it? All right. So here's number one. Being a Christian does not mean never facing challenges. Being a Christian does not mean that I'm exonerated from challenges. Put in the chat, I'm not, I'm not exonerated. God never promised to give me a pass, like a get out of jail free pass. I don't have to endure challenges. I don't have to. No, actually, the Bible says something different. <laughs> the Bible says that we are to endure hardship like a good soldier for Christ Jesus. So giving your life to Jesus, being born again, and then getting the revelation of Jesus concerning who you are, right? So one thing is like, I'm born again. And then here's the next thing that happens. God already made plans for you and me from the foundations of the world. The problem is that we were walking our lives, basically creating our own path, living our own life, doing our own thing. We were getting education. We were building up intellect. We were establishing relationships. And we were living our lives based off of the credible authority figures in our lives and our life experiences. And because we were products of our environment and I came out of Brooklyn and all of that, so you just kind of grew. And then whatever your best path was, that's what you did. Where do I want to go to school? What do I want to study? What do I want to be in life? What do I want to be when I grow up? And all of those things. But then you get born again. And when you get born again, here's the problem. The Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you that he already made plans for you from the foundations of the world. So it's like, oh, okay. So now the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. And then you're like, oh, okay. So now what do I do? Now the Holy Spirit is revealing to me that this thing is already stored up for me and that God actually planned 
for me to do this from the foundations of the world and that actually all my life I've been naturally good at this and I didn't even know why. I was pre-wired for my purpose. I was predisposed for my assignment. Come on, man. I, I feel like preaching this morning. I'm trying to contain myself. And so I was pre-wired for this thing. And so I'm naturally good at this. And so, oh, wow. But I'm already on the path of doing this, though. I've already kind of invested a lot of money and time and energy and effort. And I went to school for this. And I put money into this and all of this. What do I do now? Jesus said, well, if any man comes after me, you want to be my follower, my disciple, you must forget about yourself and what you want. You got to die to self, pick up your cross, follow me. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, here, let's be clear. If you decide to take that path, if you decide to die to self, yield to God, die to sin, self, and selfishness, if you decide to where I'm not going to be selfish, I'm just going to do what I believe that God is telling me now that he planned for me to do from the foundations of the world, and I'm going to take this path and not the path that I was already on, not the path that my parents wanted me to be on or my family or peer pressure and all of that or even the one I wanted. But if this is what God said, and I believe this is what God said, I have to go down this road. Once you start going down that road, this was, a lot of things are going to happen. But one of the things that's going to happen is that you are going to start to make divine impact. Because once you start walking down that road, the grace of God is on you. It's like over here, you were trying to make stuff happen and you're you're working hard by the sweat of your brow and you're putting in 60 and 70 and 80 hour work weeks over here and you're getting some success, but you're doing it as a human. And then God is like, well, I already kind of prepared a path for you over here. And so if you're willing to die to self and get over here, you're going to find that the grace of God is already flowing all over here. And so it's not that I have to do something and ask over here. I was doing it, asking God to bless it. Over here, I don't have to ask God to bless it because whatever he tells me to do is already blessed. And so, man, oh my God, I'm preaching better than, than you're saying amen in the chat. Anyway, put, give me some stuff in the chat. So when I start going down this road and I say, okay, Lord, I'm going to die to self, give up myself, and just do what you want me to do. When I start going down this road, now the grace of God is on me. So now I'm going to experience sweatless victory. Now God will open up doors for me that no man can close, close doors for me that no man can open. God will raise up people to use their power, their ability, their influence, and their money to help me in ways that I cannot help myself. But at the same time, when I start making kingdom impact, I'm going to get a big target on my back from the devil. Why? Because when I was over here, working eight-hour work weeks and doing everything by the sweat of my brow and, and doing everything as a mere human, the devil didn't care because I wasn't making kingdom impact. I was just living like a mere man. But when I start walking in the grace of God, and now the grace of God is on me, in me, with me, and for me, and now I'm like, oh my God, I'm walking into rooms that I'm, I don't feel qualified for, and God is giving me words that I've never heard before, and people are like, oh my God, that was good. Can I get your business card? And now God is just favoring me and elevating me and exalting me. The devil is going to be like, oh, heck no. The devil is going to be like, no, let's try to get him or her frustrated. The devil knows he can't stop you because the grace of God is on you. But what the devil will try to do is get to you to stop you. And so he will try to get you to stop you by getting you frustrated. So he will send people your way that he knows you can't stand. So those people that get on your last nerve, they just start showing up and, and, and he will, he will start pushing your buttons and he will try to tempt you and, 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 and he will do it. He, he, if you're a man, he knows how you like them. And so all those girls that, you know, whatever fits your fancy, he will make sure they show up and he has people on his team. The devil does. And he will do everything that he can to get you off course, to derail you from your destiny or to get you frustrated. 
Why? Because now you have a target on your back because you are walking in your divine purpose and you're making kingdom impact. So I would love to tell you that once you're born again, that you're not going to face challenges, but that's not true. If you start walking in your divine assignment and you start being the man or the woman that God has called you to be, and you start yielding to the grace of God, there's going to be a big target on your back. But here's the good news. The only way you can lose is if you quit. Uh, if you keep going, if you determine that our God's grace is on me, in me, with me, and for me, I will not lose because I refuse to quit. If you keep, the only way you can lose is if you quit, the devil didn't stop you. You stopped you because the devil can't stop you when the grace of God is on you. You got it? And so, so let, let me say it this way. If I'm flowing this way and the grace of God is flowing to me and in me and with me and for me, then at that point, if it's not me, it's God. Stopping me would mean stopping God and God cannot be stopped. So the only way I can be stopped there is if I quit, if, if I get frustrated. And so, yeah, the devil is going to try to do everything he can to, to get you frustrated. Your business may not grow as fast as you want it to grow, or your career may not move as fast as you want it to move, or whatever, your children, your relationships, your marriage, and he will, he will do everything that he can to get you so frustrated to where you take your eyes off the prize, you stop looking at the promise, and you start speaking the problem instead of the promises of God. But put this in the chat, I will not quit. I will not get frustrated. I will continue on. Why? Because I know greater is coming for me. All right, you got it? Man, that was just number one. Oh, glory. I got five for this morning. And, and I have a lot more, but these are just the five God gave me for you for this morning. All right, here's number two. God never promised you a perpetual picnic. This is kind of flows in the same vein. God never promised you comfort. God never promised you a, a, a life where you just be dilly-dallying in the roses or something. Jesus, okay, let me say it this way. Jesus, put this in the chat. Jesus did not die for my comfort. Jesus did not leave heaven, come to the earth, and died. He suffered. He bled. He died. He rose from the dead. With all power in his hand, he ascended up into heaven, and he's coming back again in glory to judge the living and the dead. He didn't do all of that so you could be comfortable. He didn't do all of that so, so, so you could be, you know, oh, let me just be pampered. No. You, you, you are living, you are on this planet for a reason. Like, Isabella and I are retired from the military both of us. And we have a home in the Dominican Republic that's paid for. I mean, we've talked about it. We could be in the DR and, and with just off of our military retirement, we could just be sleeping every day, have somebody to cook for us, clean for us, chill. I mean, we could just be chilling, but I'm not on this planet for my comfort. God told me I need to be in Virginia and I have an assignment in Virginia. Doggone it. I got to do what God called me to do because I'm not on this planet for me. But in the chat, it's not about me. Jesus didn't die for my comfort. No, my life is not about comfort. My life is about kingdom. Now, in the kingdom, I'm still going to enjoy life. Believe me, I, I love me some me. I love life. I love, I, Isabella and I, we enjoy life. We take great vacations. We, 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 we love it, right? But we're on this planet for a reason, and that reason is our divine assignment. So you are on this planet to advance the kingdom. The kingdom of God has to be advancing. And how is it going to advance? It's going to advance through you. And so you must be committed to expanding and advancing the kingdom of God on a daily basis. You must be committed to walking out your divine purpose. You must be committed to say this, say this out loud. I will leave a mark in this world that will not easily be erased. I mean, like you must be committed to leaving your stamp on this world. Why? By the grace of God, you must be committed to getting out of you everything that God placed in you while you're in the land of the living. To be clear, you will not make this type of impact on this world without opposition. Significant impact does not come without opposition. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 3 and 12, all that live godly shall suffer persecution. Jesus said, John 16 and 33, in this world, 
you will have trouble. That came out of Jesus's mouth. But then he went on to say, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So if you want to make a, a significant impact, I told you yesterday that if your name is not it coming out of somebody's mouth, if nobody has your name in their mouth, if nobody's talking about you, if nobody, then you're probably not doing anything of significance. Because if you start doing anything of significance, people will criticize what they do not understand. When, when God starts to use you to do things that exceed your power, your ability, your strength, when you start starting walking in areas that exceed your education and your experience, people are going to talk about you. People, who does he think he is? Who does she think he is walking into? Why is he going to that meeting? He's not qualified. Why is she going to the? Why, why does she get that contract? She's not qualified. People are going to have your name in, in their mouth. Why? Because you are doing something that's significant. And so God, God wants you to just be focused on the prize, not be focused on them. I already told you, their poison cannot stop your purpose. Do not get distracted. Do not get derailed from your destiny. Forward ever, backward never, the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Say amen to that. All right, number three. Man, this is going to be some good stuff. Number three, sometimes, this is why you got to sign up for the notes. You get all my notes for free. Number three, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, man, they didn't do anything wrong, <clears throat> but it happened. It happened to them. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they loved Jesus. Jesus loved them, but, 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 but it happened. I wish I could tell you that nothing terrible is going to happen to you once you're born again. But if I did, I would be lying. Jesus, Jesus never said we would be exonerated from bad things. It just means that, watch this, whatever comes my way, I have the grace for it. The Bible says that God will not allow, basically in layman's terms, God will never allow you to face something that you can't handle. But with 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 the temptation or the trial or the testing, God will always give you a means of escape. God will always have an opportunity for you to come out on top. Put in the chat, I always come out on top. That I will never face something that I cannot handle. But if I'm facing it, it's a reminder that God trusts me with it. The Bible says, let me read Isaiah 54 and 17 to you from the New King James and also from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, New King James. And every tongue which rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Now, let me read that to you from the, from the New Living Translation. This is what the Bible says. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. The, the Bible doesn't say that there won't be a weapon that will be formed. It doesn't say that there won't be weapons that are turned against me. It just means that the weapons that are turned against me will not succeed. It may be formed, but it will not succeed. And if it looks like it is succeeding, then it's not against me. If it looks like the weapon that's formed against me is actually working, then it means it's not, it's not against me. What's happening to me is happening for me. Come on, man. And so, so let me keep reading. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. Who is going to do it? You are. You will silence every voice that's raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. The Lord says, I am the Lord and I have spoken. The Lord says, you, you open up your mouth and you will your life will silence those that are coming up against you, and I will vindicate you. The weapons may be formed, the weapons will not prosper. If they're prospering, they're not against you. And so these weapons may come up against you, but watch this. Every voice, put this in the chat, every voice against me shall be silenced. The Lord will silence it. My life and my living, people can talk about, 
me, have them, my name in their mouth, all of that. I'm just going to keep being me. And over the process of time, they will be silenced. People will realize, recognize, acknowledge that that person over there was wrong. If there was, if there was an issue between that person and Rick, and we don't know, let's just keep living. Let's, you and I, we'll just keep living. And over the process of time, people will be like, well, it wasn't Rick, it was them. And so, so why? They will be silenced and God will bring me the vindication, says the Lord. Say amen to that. While we've been studying the miracles of Jesus, I pray that your faith is being built up. I pray that over time, you're looking at these miracles and you're reminded that God can do all things. And that should change your perspective of what you're facing right now. Say amen to that. Say every voice against me will be silenced. Whoo, glory to God. All right, number four. Whenever you face a situation that is bigger than your capacity, matter of fact, let me stop. Let me go back to that silencing thing. This is not part of my notes, but I got to give you this. Um, I, there, there was a couple of times when I was in the army, uh, Jay Santiago is watching right now. Matter of fact, Charlie Mike, Sergeant Major, uh, uh, McKinley Curtis is watching right now too. They knew me in uniform. And so God used me as a warrant officer, uh, uh, in ways that were, un it was uncommon. Like God used me as a, uh, as a warrant officer in ways that no, that is just was not common to warrant officers. So, so God gave me favor to operate on levels that were really like flag officers. And so anyway, I operated and I just did whatever God told me to do by the grace of God. And I opened up doors for warrant officers and the legacy that God allowed me to leave is still being lived today to the glory of God. But through the process, there were people, there was a couple of times where there were people that rose up and, and spoke out against me, even warrant officers, because they didn't understand what I was doing. And there was a situation where, let me just make a long story short. There was a situation where I, I was in Fort Lewis, Washington. And this guy basically didn't want me to go there, and uh, because you know he he had a great position, and when I, and when I got there, he knew that he was no longer going to be like the number one person. So anyway, he badmouthed me. He did everything that he possibly could to kind of ruin the environment before I got there. But when I got there, and, and it was obvious that basically it had been tainted. But all I, I didn't say anything against him or anything. I treated him well. I, Obviously, I was still going to be the top person. I did everything right. And matter of fact, I went out of my way to be a blessing to this person. And the Bible says that when you do that, it's like heaping coals of fire on their heart. Finally, long story short, he came to me one day in Iraq and, and, and he closed the door in my office and he almost broke down. He was like, man, I'm sorry. I don't know why. I, you know, I didn't know who you are. I, I didn't know you. I, was I, I am so sorry and all of this. And I, you know what happens? People will be silenced and the Lord will vindicate you. You don't even have to do nothing. Just keep living your life. Just be, be, keep being the man, that, the woman of God that God has called you to be. And, and number one, they can't stop you anyway. And number two, they will see and everybody else will see the error of their ways. Say amen to that. All right, number four. That wasn't part of my, my notes. I just wanted to slide that in for free. All right, number four. When you face a situation that is bigger than your capacity to handle, you got to get God involved through the vehicle of prayer. When you face a situation that is bigger than you, you got to get God involved through the vehicle of prayer. So when Lazarus was sick, they sent word to Jesus. They wanted Jesus to get involved. So let me ask you this. If you're facing a situation right now that is bigger than you, my question is, have you involved God in prayer? Have you involved, have you invoked God? The invocation is, is, is you invoking God. Have you invoked God's involvement? Have you welcomed God's involvement through the vehicle of prayer? Uh, so, because if not, let me say something that is, that you really got, I'm gonna say this slow because you need to get it. If you don't pray, God may stand by and let you handle it without him because God will not interfere with your life without your permission. Put this in the chat. This is something you need to get down in your heart. God will not interfere with your life without your permission. And so what God is, God made you a free moral agent. You have the right 
to reject God if you want. There are people that are going to go to hell because they rejected God and God is not going to stop them from going to hell because they made that choice. God will not interfere with your life without your permission. So this is why prayer is so important. If you're, if you're facing something, make sure you pray about it. If you haven't asked God to get involved, if you haven't invoked God's presence, if you haven't welcomed him into the situation, God may be standing by and waiting. And you're like, you think you're waiting on God. No, God is waiting on you because you have not involved him through the vehicle of prayer. I've taught on prayer. I, that's enough for today. That's all I'm going to say there. But there's revelation in that statement. You, gotta, you really got to understand what I just said. And, and if you do, you would pray on another level. All right. And then number five and finally, uh, last point for today as I close. God already knows he prepared you for it. And he prepared. No, God already knows he prepared for it and he prepared you for it too. All right. So God already knows everything that's going to happen. He already prepared for what was going to happen. And now he's preparing you for it as well. So God knows everything. And when I, see, when I say everything, I mean everything. I mean, God knows your thoughts before you think them, your words before you speak them, your actions before you take them. God knows everything. And so God perfectly knows everything, past, present, and future. God knows, God knows all things, right? And so there is nothing God does not know or will ever be unknown to him. So when you're approaching God in prayer, don't, you don't have to waste your time repeating the situation, explaining the situation. God knows the situation. Focus on the outcome. God is the one who controls outcome. He knows the end from the beginning, so be open to God. Know that it wasn't a surprise to God. Know that God already knew this was going to happen, and not only did he prepare for it, but he prepared you for it. So let me close by talking about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. In the end, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus went through a terrible situation. Lazarus died. He stayed dead for four days. Mary and Martha thought their brother, well, he did die. They had to experience his brother dying, their brother dying, going through the funeral, the whole nine. They did the whole thing, y'all. I mean, and, and, and God allowed it. God allowed them to go through all of that. Not most families, this would have destroyed most families. But God allowed them, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, to go through it because they could handle it. So let me, let me just minister to you for a minute. Whatever you're facing right now, let's be honest. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, this would have destroyed you. But you can face it now. Why? Because you're on another level and God trusts you with it. So in the middle of these situations where God isn't going to be glorified, well, for God to get that type of glory, you have to be willing to go through something. You have to be willing to go through whatever God allows you to go through so that God can be glorified through your life and living. Are you willing to do it? And let me just remind you that if God is allowing you to go through something, it's because he trusts you with it. So put in the chat, say, Lord, Thank you for trusting me. I've told you before, instead of saying, woe is me, say, whoa, it's me. And God trusts me with it. So let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I said a lot today. This is a message you might need to go back and listen to again. But I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. I thank you for the series on the miracles. I am developing my capacity to remain in faith no matter how challenging situations get. Your word says that those who trust in you shall be like Mount Zion. One thing I know about Mount Zion is that it's not going anywhere. <laughs> so I will be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I will stand in faith without wavering, without a doubt. When faced with a difficult situation, I remind myself that my state is not my fate. 
even if I get tired while I'm standing, I embrace the grace to stand some more. I shall not lose because I refuse to quit. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. Walk in the blessing. I want you to do me two things. I need you to, number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. I'd like to read those. And number two, share the message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Greater is coming for you. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.